0: Hi Vintage Guitar people Welcome to Have Guitar Will Travel Presented by Vintage Guitar Magazine With your host, me, James Patrick Regan Otherwise known as Jimmy from the Deadlies And today I'm speaking with an amazing guitarist, bassist And multi-instrumentalist, Luis Carlos Maldonado And in our conversation we discuss the obligatory COVID stories the hand Mike Varney played in his career early on. His new bandmate and foreigner, Jeff Pilsen, growing up in Tucson, Arizona and Southern California, and the role his brother played in his music career. His early influences including progressive rock greats like UK, Laura Nero, and King Crimson. We talk about Louise's early gear, a high watt head and a Marshall Cab, and black Gibson SGs. We talk about Louise's first vintage purchase, an original Fender 59 basement. And we discuss his early recording experiences. We talk about Louise's move to Northern California and what brought about that move and playing in Dean Del Rey's band. We talk about playing and working with Michael Schenker on his solo record for Shrapnel Records and touring and working with UFO and Phil Mogg. Then Louise talks about working with John Waite for eight years and contrasts that with working with Phil Mogg from UFO. Then Louise discusses how he was introduced to Pat and the band Train and how he made the transition to joining his brother in that band. Latest on the band front, we discuss his entrance into the band Foreigner and what it's like working with Mick Jones and the Garys bringing on the road and his relationship with Gibson. We spend a time talking about pedals, which Louise uses very sparingly, and the pedals that he's very excited about. Finally, we talk about Louise's home life and the importance of family. You can find out more about Louise at his website, LouiseGuitar.com. That's L U I S G U I T A R.com. Please like, comment, and most of all, share this podcast. I'd really appreciate it. And please support Vintage Guitar Magazine and all the wonderful things they do for us guitar players because they do so many wonderful things for us guitar
1: players. Here's Luis. What's happening, man? <laughs> How are you, Luis? Well, uh good? Good. good. I, I am good. How about you? I'm good. That's a. It's a good start that you're good. Well, you know, today I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's been. It's actually, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Just uh, on a side note, it's been kind of a interesting couple of weeks. You know, we've had some really weird shit. Like my mother-in-law's house burned down. Oh no. Yeah, this was just last week. She, her house burned down completely. Completely. Wow. And so we've had to deal with like, you know, getting her a toothbrush and a phone and clothes. She had yeah, had no clothes and, of course, you know, uh, you know, and aside from all this stuff, like the memories of like, you know, Oh, Luciano's stuff is all gone. And oh, like, you no. know, just, yeah. But, but you know, so that was interesting enough. And then, you know, two days ago, our, our, one of our beloved pets passed away and we're like, Oh shit. You know? oh, so, no. it's, so it's been a, it's been an interesting uh, couple of weeks. I mean, there's more, but we'll leave it at that. As those are the, the, the those those are the greatest hits. Those are the greatest hits. <laughs> where did your mother-in-law live? Idlewild. Do you know where Idlewild is? It's Southern California, like in the Valley. Uh, it's it's okay. So if you're driving out to Palm Springs on the ten, uh Okay, uh, right. Yeah. So if you're driving out to so the the half hour that you would spend to get to Palm Springs near the near arriving it, you would go up the hill in Banning and up the hill is okay. Idlewild so it's it's like you know it's the other big bear um oh okay so you know it it's it's up there it it's a really cool place it's beautiful um but yeah yeah it's 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 wild it's so cool that that you know i i can remember Like your band and your vibe, and you from all you needed to say was that show in Napa, and it all kind of came back to me. I was like, (laughs) and I felt like, oh, yeah, we're brothers, you know. (laughs) We are brothers, (laughs) damn it. So, so yeah, it's cool, man. It's so cool. Now, uh, uh, so, so besides playing these shows, I mean, you're, you're doing, you're writing for vintage guitar and you're doing the podcast. Fill me in on what else has been going on and how was your COVID year, man? It must've been crazy. Um, it, uh, you know what?
0: It was crazy. I had to get a, a like a real job, <laughs> but I still, oh. I still managed to do gigs. Um, cause up here in Northern California, there were places that were still doing, you know, as long as you were solo, you could, mm. they would, they would, um, and you wore a mask when you walked in. They, they were cool. They let you play. And, and when I say Northern California, I don't mean like San Francisco. I mean like Yuba city and, oh, right. and Marysville and Ukiah. The the,
1: the the other, the other Northern California.
0: Exactly. Right. The more, uh, let's
1: say, um, Republican California. <laughs> <laughs> you know, dude. You know, see, I-, I used to live, I used to live in Marin. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, so I lived in Marin, and you know, I lived in, in in the Bay Area for a long time before I came back down to Los Angeles, which was 2003 ish or something like that. Okay. Right. So I was there throughout the whole 90s, and I thought it was one of the best places in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, sadly, you know, I got affected like everybody else there in the culture of the arts and music and this and that that made that city so special. When when Willie Brown said, let's bring in the gap and tech yeah, and I'm (laughs) all for tech. Look, look, I'll tell you, I love tech. I like the the fact that when I could tour and I could see my daughter's face on FaceTime. Oh, yeah. Right. And I like the fact that during this crazy pandemic. They came out with a vaccine in record time, and you know, we have vaccines. And and you know, it's not the '60s or '50s where it's like, oh, we should wait two years. It's like, no, we're we're so far advanced in technology, it's 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 about the right time. I mean, I felt like they they wait they it took them a little longer than they should have, but they had all the they had all the they had all the the foundations for making it before it even happened. So sure. It sounded right, so I do like technology that it can step in at a moment's notice and it relatively, you know, expedite things when they need to. So that 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 is cool. But you know, the one thing I don't like about technology is, you know, all the obvious shit, the the isolation that people self isolation when sure. people stuck on their phones at dinner or, or our whole city like San Francisco completely. You know, being destroyed of its infrastructure and culture because, you know, you know, toast, toast recorders can't can't even be around anymore because oh, no. they wanted to sell it to Alta Vista or Yahoo or whatever yep. it was at that time. You know what I yep. mean? So, yep. so, it, it you know, the good and the bad, all that, all that shit. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> you. Uh, so where, where in Marin did you live? I lived in Novato. Oh, you know where well, Novato is? Of course,
0: I know where Novato is.
1: Yeah, so I, I I lived in Novato, and you know I liked it. It wasn't right in the city. I, I, I when uh, I first moved up there, I was in the city for like uh, few months uh-huh. before I was like, mm, yeah, I don't want to be in a house with eight other people. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Yes, I do know <laughs> what you mean. I did. I've done. I've done that before. I'm like, nah, that's not for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you were living in Nevada, you're hanging out with Eric Martin and all the other Novato people. Uh,
1: <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wasn't. You know, interestingly enough, I was not hanging out with Eric Martin, but <laughs> I was. I was. You know, Mike Varney was one of the first people that I made a connection with. Sure. Like about maybe two to three months after I moved to Novato. Okay. He, you know, it, it's an interesting story because my. I called my mom and she's like, Hey, there's this guy, Mike Varney, trying to find you and <laughs> you know, I didn't wanna I didn't know what to do, so here's his phone number and I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. So I called and I didn't know he lived in Nevada, I just said, Oh, okay, let me see who this dude you know. I knew who he was, so sure. I wasn't ig- I wasn't ignorant of that. So I was like, Oh cool, let me let me call him. And you know, at that time I wasn't really I didn't make a lot of friends for whatever reason. It was just I was having a hard time kind of getting integrated into <laughs> the, the, you know, whatever, not even a scene, but just with people. And so I was like, man, I just want to meet people. And so I called, I go, hey, Mike, my name's Luis Maldonado. I got your number. You know, you called my my folks' house and you hear this. Hey,
0: what's going on here?
1: And, that was a good and, impersonation uh, right there. <laughs> yeah, and so he goes, hey, yeah. So he goes, yeah. I'm like, hey, uh, he goes, where are you at? I go, I'm, I'm I'm up in Marin. He goes, really? Where are you? I go, Uh, well, uh, I'm in Novato. He goes, get out of here. I live in Novato. And, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, he goes, where do you do it right now? I go, I'm working at a party store, dude. (laughs) Long story, but I couldn't find any real work when I first moved up there. So I was like, I got to make money. So, you know, and I was like, I was just 20 or something like that. I was 20 years old. Right. (laughs) And so I just started working at a party store and then he shows up, you know, like, he goes, I'll be over. I, I don't know. But it was like within half an hour, he shows up. And he's like, hey, man, how's it going? And we met and started talking. <laughs> we went out to dinner. And and honestly, we became friends after that. And, oh, and, great. And, and, and shortly thereafter, we started, um, you know, he started calling me. He's like, would you be into like doing some background vocals for this record? I'm like, sure. Hey, would you do rhythm guitar for this record? Sure. You know, and, and he kind of, you know, I met a lot of great people through him. Oh, yeah, of he course. Kind, he kind of, um, to be honest, anyone in the industry, he was – Probably the most responsible for me, building and getting integrated to this industry uh-huh. uh building my career and, and and really finding my you know kind of my 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 way around I mean even to just meeting people as friends and then from friends you know because it's all you know how it is dude this is all connected you know, oh, we yeah. all we all circle around to the the same spots, I mean look dude, you and I was like, oh my God, yes, <laughs> I know you. you you know what i mean you you somehow end up. Doing something later with people that have been in industry for a long time. So, but he was definitely probably the most responsible person for kind of like, just by nature of like you know hanging with him and doing sessions for him and then yeah. recording for him and then later on meeting people through him. So oh, you yeah. know, he, he's a he, he's a very good friend. He's still a very good friend. I still stay in touch with him. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah, Mike. Mike. Mike Varney. You know. Yeah, loves, I've loves known him. Mike. I've known Mike for almost 40 years. Oh get out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> when I was a kid, Mike was
0: Mike was teaching all my friends guitar lessons when I was a kid and yeah. and I saw him and he used to play in a punk band and I saw it when he was in the nuns, a, right? Yeah, the nuns, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I saw him now. I saw him in Rock Justice.
1: Oh and, get out. So 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 uh, uh, so I don't know. Did did, did James tell you I'm, I'm I'm with Foreigner now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So so I joke I joked uh not joke, but like sometimes I mention like I remember when i first started rehearsing with these guys i, I was I'd, I'd send jeff pilsen a, a text oh, yeah. and like hey hey man are we doing any songs from rock justice and he would just go what how do you know that like...
0: <laughs> that's great yeah so there's that i mean there's another guy that mike helped a tremendous amount was jeff Pilson.
1: Yeah. yeah 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 i was just i was just at his house last night
0: yeah and yeah. and everything i hear because jeff is producing like right he uh, as well as he he produces a lot man he's yeah. that
1: guy's like uh non-stop yeah it's it's amazing how many how much stuff he has going on it's it's what really something else
0: and everything i've heard that he's done has just been like world-class like just epic
1: (laughs) yeah man i mean the guy i mean he's obviously not only put the time but he he's an extremely talented musician i mean he knows his stuff the the, the guy knows well i mean dude you know how is you you meet people and you know, uh, and I'm saying nothing by this, except that, you know, in this industry, you could be a person that plays primarily by ear. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah. And, and not know how to read a note of music and not know a lot of theory, but you can, I mean, some of our guitar heroes are that, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's totally cool. And, and, but he not only has that, but he also has the technical knowledge and the theory and the mm-hmm. net now he's extremely talented and, God damn, what a what a great bassist. Man. Oh, man. I, well, actually, let me take that back. Let me say a different word because he's not a bass player. He's a great musician. Sure. So, as you are. Uh, uh, that, thank you. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you did you grow up in Southern California?
1: I grew up in Southern California. Um, well, you know, lived in I, when I was a kid, I lived in Tucson, Arizona. Okay. And, you know, I I, I Lived there for a good while until I don't know what was I 13, 14, maybe a little older. We moved to Southern California, and you know, I, you know, I had a couple of older brothers oh. and a younger brother. So you know, everyone was a musician. Everybody played. Everybody wow. had their their specialty, right? Yeah, and. My older brother and I, you know, were in bands a lot. And so when we came to Southern California, we were like, let's find all the musicians. Well, we ended up in San Diego was I mean, there was a there was a little bit of a scene, but it wasn't at that time in the like the 80s. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it wasn't like L.A. So, you know, when he started driving, (laughs) we 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 would make these trips quite often and, you know, my parents not knowing it at the time, <laughs> we would we would head out to the Sunset Strip, or oh, you wow. know what I mean, and we would and we had our own band, and we you know we had played the Sunset Strip and all that. But wow. man, what a scene! And we're like, yeah, cool. Let's <laughs> we want to get you know the whole dream was. You want to make a band, you want to get signed, you want to go on tour, and that's how kind of narrow-minded the mentality was at that sure, time, you know. We got to be a signed band, but Yeah, we're kids, you know. so that's what we want to do. Yeah, yeah, you, you weren't thinking of, Yeah, you weren't <laughs> thinking about you were thinking about songs but not in the way that songs are really supposed to be thought of or productions are really supposed to be thought of. You just thought I want to sound like ac back in black with uh, a touch of Hanoi Rocks, you know, or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> whatever. Anyway. Anyway. Whatever. <laughs> so the the bands that you played in early were were they with rock bands or or, or like where they was it the hair band era or how? Yeah,
1: it was it was pretty. They were pretty much rock bands. We had a hard rock band, you know. And I had my hair was like down to my waist, oh, and, wow. you know that whole type of thing. And I, I didn't, you know, we tried doing. <laughs> We tried doing the makeup thing a little bit, and it was like, yeah, maybe it doesn't. Maybe, it, nah, <laughs> you know. And, and so then I, I, I remember seeing Red Cross at one point. Okay. Uh, and I was like, oh my god, what a cool vibe. So I tried to go more like, you know, uh, retro. You know, mm-hmm. with some bells and stuff. And at the time, it was kind of late late 80s early 90s was kind of like this crossover time where like oh wow you know black crows were coming out Sure, yep. you know uh, with the london choir boys and there was this kind of resurgence you know lenny kravitz was in that early 90s you know lenny yeah. kravitz was you know so it was i was like yeah that's more my vibe i can do more 70s and <laughs> yeah of course and whatever you know <laughs> um yes yeah, li- so it was wild who were you listening to back then so here's the funny thing like I had a very schizophrenic listening habit. Okay. Cause I loved progressive rock. Oh, wow. Loved it. But I was playing in a hard rock band because I thought, well, this is going to make it and I'm going to have fun with that. But you know, I'd go home and then listen to yes. Relayer or, <laughs> you know, or, 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 you know, or you're in the wake of Poseidon by King Crimson. It was, I had a really weird thing. Like I love, you know, I loved bands like uh, like the mission UK and the cult and all this stuff. But, yeah, I was out on the trip <laughs> playing, you know, riff. our band kind of sounded like Cinderella. So it was like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I was listening to everything. I yeah. was really, really listening to everything. Um, I just loved music. Sure. But I knew like having a career in in music was like, okay, well, you got to be in a band and it's got to be a hard rock band or you got to be in a super pop kind of, you know, band. And I was like, <laughs> well, okay, Cool. Nobody was doing progressive rock, right? Oh, yeah, not not that. So, but but that was like my favorite music, and I was listening to a lot of '70s, like heavy '70s shit. You know? uh-huh. I was I was really into collecting records at a time when nobody gave a shit about records, you yeah. know? Yeah, you know. So so I was listening to everything, man. Everything. I mean. Cool. Dare I'll say, like, one of my favorite records was Laura Nero and, the, you know, Elan, The 13th Confession, and Carpenter. <laughs> Carpenter's a song for you. Oh, and here wow. I am, this 19-year-old with hair down to his waist, you know, like, I've been a lot of places in my life and time, you know. <laughs> hey, we got rehearsal in an hour. I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what kind of gear were you playing back then?
1: Uh Marshall Cab. Uh I had, let's see, I first started out with, like, um, I had a Marshall head, um, and I remember it blew. So then I started using a Carvin, you know, a Carvin. What was it? Uh, Carvin. The X. Those X. X100. X. Yeah, those X one hundred XB two or so. I don't know what it was. We you know it had like the, it had like the graphic EQ and all that. And sure for a while, one. I was used, the using the one Steve that. I used. Yeah, that's it. That yeah. was the one. And and so I was, for a while. I was using that, um, and and a Marshall cab, and then. One day I go into like this place called Blue Guitar and I sight I saw this high watt and I'm like, whoa Oh wow. And I'm like what I go, I gotta have that and I'm like I asked the guy, I go, What do you want for that thing? Because oh man, nobody wants this. You gotta remember early nineties everybody got hot on the on the, you know, dual rectifiers when they came out. Sure, sure. You know, fifty one fifty head, you know, yep. the you know, and I think the Bogner ecstasy was just starting to make its head, you know, come out and uh-huh. you know, so it was like high gain amps, amps with master volumes, and I was just like – I was all about I fucking love Humble Pie. So I was still – my head was still in like 70s realm because yeah. then I formed I, – after all that that Sunset stuff, I formed a band that was – it was called Otis Elevator, and it was like <laughs> Queen – it was like – it was Queen – well, you know, I got it from um, Cheech and Chong, you know. Oh, okay. Cheech, yeah, so if you listen to Cheech and Chong, they go, oh, yeah, thanks, Otis I'm, Elevator. Anyway, I have a fake r- uh, radio broadcast, and they're talking about Otis Oliver. I'm like, "That's the name of our band." <laughs> so I, I, um, you know, it was like Yes meets Queen. Uh-huh. So I was, I, I, and you know, I had a great time with that. So I was using vintage gear by that time. I was using high watts, um, you know, Marshalls. Uh, I had a Fender, you know, 59 baseman. Oh, wow. You know, and, you know, you know, and it, was, and it was at a time that, you know, again, there was that kind of retro resurgence, you know, always played SGs. No, for really? For the most part. Yeah. yeah, I always played, you know, I had a really, you know, I, I still have a bunch of black SGs. I don't know. Maybe it's the Tony Yomi thing. Um, <laughs> but I played black SGs and then I bought my first Les Paul. Well, I think I was 18 when I bought my first uh, Gibson Les Paul Custom and I still have that guitar, you know, wow. so I was, I was on it, man. I was like, I was like doing sessions. I was playing with the cover band, and then I had my original prog rock trio. And <laughs> so I was, I, I was, I was working. I was totally working. I was buying gear, working, buying weird pedals, buying this, buying that. And <laughs> I remember, you know, I, all this gear started accumulating in my, in you know, the b- back of my my parents' house. And you know, I remember the first time I bought this, you know, this fifty nine bas- basement, bassman, and it was super expensive because it was, you know, it was a vintage thing. And sure. You know, my mother was like, "Oh, so what'd you do with all that money that you're making from, you know, gigging?" I'm like, "Oh, I gotta show you. I got, I, I bought a, bought a real vintage amp. I got a '59 bass, and I'm like, <laughs> and, and you know, and you know what a '59. If you have an original '59 bass, they look all fucking tattered and torn sure, and totally, exactly. like, you know, the the tweed all brown and stains and shit, right? And, <laughs> and so I turn on the light. I'm like, "Check it out, mom." She goes. You bought that piece of shit. For blah, 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 blah. You know, it, it was just really funny. It was really funny. But now she's like, she totally gets it. She's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that your guitar is worth this much. Now. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I got to get that back from you, Mom. You know, it's, you know, it's pretty funny. <laughs> That's great. So.
0: Um, so when you moved to L.A., were you,
1: when was your first record that you put out? Oh, uh, my like when I got signed as far as proper label with distribution and all that stuff. No. No, the first.
0: Or, this is the first thing you. The first thing you had on vinyl or, or CD or or whatever
1: it was. Oh God, man! I mean, what was it? I'm trying <laughs> to think because it because it wasn't necessarily mine.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I know, I understand that.
1: Um, let me think what that was. It may have been a shrapnel thing because here's uh, here's how the connection with shrapnel was. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was 18. Actually, it was uh the first thing that I did. Well. I mean think about that. That's hard to say. Would it have been what would it have been? Cuz people were you know mainly people were making like remember the like the not demo tapes but people would make a cassette tape. Sure, and would of have course. like yeah. you know four songs on one side, four songs on the other. So yeah. I think I think what was it? I'm thinking. One second. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> God, that's hard to say. Oh, no, you know, it may have been um the marionette yeah i had a band called marionette and it was hard rock okay and so that was that was the very first thing you know i was in high school 90 you know so that must have been 90 or 91 we had like just you know it was basic stuff uh-huh. you know like most bands that they would put out yeah that would be the very first thing i think that 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 <laughs> i had done that was of my own was, was um, that in was that in la or was that in back in tucson no, that was in San Diego. Oh, in San that Diego. In San okay. Diego. Yeah. okay. Yeah. In In Tucson, man, it's like it was just part of like you know, a couple of silly bands, and you know, you put out a tape that you dub on your own from a yeah. double cassette recorder, and you put a <laughs> sticker on it, yeah. You, of course. You know, and you and you cartoon draw the band. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. That's cool. great. <laughs> uh, uh, and then and then after that, I mean, you, I just I was always doing some kind of recording for somebody, uh-huh. you know. I was doing a lot of demo stuff for people. I was doing, you know, local band or local artists. That's like, I need a guitar player to do this Dave Gilmore tribute thing. And oh, I'm like, wow. okay, cool. You know, oh, I need, you know, I need a band, horrible pop. Oh, we need to do this thing for family fitness commercials. Oh, okay. I'll do <laughs> that. You know, I mean, I was just, I just got busy. It just sure. started having fun. You know, most of my friends like got a job at, you know, restaurant or. Or a music store. And I was like. Gratefully, uh, and I mean this like I was really grateful that I was like, "Wow, I'm I'm making money playing music. This is awesome!" And I love music and I love gear. I'm gonna keep putting it into gear, you know. So, yeah, I just stay busy. And then uh, I met a friend of mine, Kelly Keeling. He brought me in on this project, and it was done by Shrapnel. Okay, and that was, and that was the first time I was like, you know, I had got a check. From a record label, wow. I said Shrapnel, Luis Maldonado for the, this amount of money, and I was like, "Whoa, cool!" And, <laughs> and all I did was help him engineer his vocals oh, on wow. it, you know. And so I have this record that was like the first, like, label thing that I had done. And wow. you know, a few years later, that I met Mike, and you know, yeah, uh, you know, it, it's all kind of like all connected. It's sure. all connected, man. <laughs> it is all connected. Is. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, when you, so. What brought you – when you moved up to, to Northern California, what brought you up here? The hate
1: of L.A. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> <laughs> because at the time, you know, at the time, you know, a lot of people talk about, oh, man, it's great. What it would have seen – you know, I, in fact, I was talking to, um, I was talking to Rick from Celestion about this, and we were like, you know, reminiscing about, oh, my God, what a scene it was. And how – you know, you'd walk down Sunset Strip, and it was totally packed with people and hair and girls yeah. and all. And you're like, wow. Like, but – when that wasn't happening on a Saturday, Friday or whatever night, Uh most of the time, I mean, I don't know if you, uh, if you had been down in LA around that time, late eighties and early nineties, it was a dump, man. It was Uh, just a dirty city. It was just a dirty, dirty city. And my best friend, Chris Butcher had an apartment and I'd stay with him. And, you know, there was a time when you're really young where you're like, you sleep on the floor and you sleep on the couch and kind of, all right, who's (laughs) taking the couch tonight? You know that shit. And I was just like, really this <laughs> is this is what this is what it is this is what it you know what it takes <laughs> and i was just like no and and you know i was more a fan of the love of the song yeah and i i think i just it just i made her i had woke up one day and i'm like nobody here writes great songs there's no real great scene in la like there's no song songs that have depth it's mainly about you know you get the right kind of pants, oh, a Les Paul, okay. a Marshall. You do whatever with your hair, and, and then you know. Also, it was right before the grunge thing took off, mm-hmm. um, and then grunge came in, killed all that, and then every band wanted to be a hard band, like a hardcore band or a grunge band. And I was like, I'm so not into following scenes. I don't want to follow a sound yeah. because it was a definitive sound. Like the bands that were doing it, obviously they became huge because they were being original. They weren't, they weren't copying. Faster Pussycat. They were like, you know, I mean, you listen to that first, like that uh, Loud Love album by Soundgarden. You're going, holy oh, shit, yeah. this is rock and roll. Yeah. But then they had to call it grunge, but it was rock and roll. And I was like, okay, I, I want to follow songs. I don't want to follow a scene anymore. Yeah. And I did the total antithesis of what most people would do. I left LA and I went to San Francisco uh-huh. and everything, uh, I felt like going to San Francisco was the best move, I made in my life because uh-huh. then I started, I met guys like Mike yeah. and then I met other people. And then I started kind of building my career there. And I had a wonderful time in San Francisco and everybody I met was super creative. Yeah. They were great songwriters. They were great musicians. People were doing music for music. And I was like, this is where I want to be. And, you know, I developed as a songwriter I sure. developed as a player. Yeah. Like I really got found myself as a musician in san francisco so yeah. <clears throat> you know i it, it, it just kind of it kind of called me honestly so mm-hmm. were you uh, playing uh, at bands it, up here <laughs> not so much i mean i would I, i'd play with a few it mm-hmm. would it would be like artists like um uh, oh well here, i got one for you uh so i, I do you know dean del Rey? of course Okay, so I, I was Dean Del Rey's, you know, I was in Dean Del Rey's band, okay. you know, along with Jim Bojis and, and uh-huh. you know, and, and Ronnie Crawford and a bunch of other people, you know, so I played with Dean for years. Oh, really up cool. there. Yeah. And then, you know, I played with this, um, there was a guy named Austin Willisy. He was like, you know, he was in the House Jacks, which was a, a, a you know, at the time a fairly prominent a cappella group. Uh-huh. And he had his own solo project and was on an indie. So that was cool. I played with him. And, you know, I was trying to get my own thing going. So, mm-hmm. you know, from playing with guys locally or girls locally, yeah, I really was trying to get my own group together. Sure. And fairly soon after that, I met a guy. Uh, I met Tim Alexander from Prime as the drummer. Uh-huh. And and I met a few other guys like Jeff Perlman. He was a great songwriter here. He was, he was working with uh, – remember Storm Man or Dirty Mouth? Um. No. (laughs) They were, they were, they were, they were pretty, you know, the prominent band in San Francisco in the nineties at that time. So I had met him and through him, I had met John Evans who, you know, was a bassist for, for Tori Amos. And then, and then so I would do these shared bills with Jeff and then I'd have a trio with John Evans and, and, and Tim Alexander. And I was trying to get my own band going together and, and you know, and then you know, not uh, not not long after I got my own stuff together, I was still doing sessions for Mike. Yeah. And then somehow I got involved in working with Michael Shanker. Wow. For for his solo record, you know, doing doing some stuff, and then I started working with Phil Mogg and Pete Way on their solo stuff. Wow. And and you know, some of it was just basic stuff, like I'll do like rhythm guitars, a lot of background vocals with my friend Jesse Bradman, uh-huh. and sometimes engineering. <laughs> You know, it was it was really interesting, man. It was really a, a, an interesting time. <laughs> and and then from there, you know, I was uh, you know, I got recommended to tour with those guys. For some reason or another, Paul Raymond didn't do the tour. Uh-huh. So I ended up touring with the UFO. Wow. Um yeah, so so stuff like that was happening. I toured with them that just for that one album cycle, that one tour in Europe and and then it just from there it started Moving forward and moving forward, and uh-huh. you know, I eventually moved to LA. Uh, well, I, I had a brief stint in San Diego, but I moved to LA, uh-huh. and then you know, the rest is kind of like you know, I, <laughs> I just i did everything that I could because I was like, Well, you know, I've got some experience, I've got you know, I've got recording experience, I've got you know, sure. some legacy experience, I've got blah blah blah. I'm a writer, I'm a this, I'm a that, and a <laughs> singer, and I you know, something should happen for me. Well nothing came quick it just it really uh, I had kind of had to start over when I got to LA and I started mm-hmm. doing every Tuesday night and Thursday night yeah. and Friday night and Sunday night you know like you know Tuesday with Buck Johnson at Harvell's and oh, you know, wow. every every Tuesday or blah 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 you know just stuff like that coffee shop gigs this and that I played sure. with my friend Jeff because he moved down to LA uh-huh. so it was just this constant I was I was I went for it man I was relentless i just <laughs> went, went for it didn't stop and dude i i mean honestly within about uh, i'd say a couple of years things just opened up they just boom everything started opening up uh-huh. i ended up doing a showcase for my own material for like 11 labels oh wow you know over it over at swing house and you know and and uh-huh. this was with you know the project that I started in, in San Francisco. And the funny thing is, like I said, most people in San Francisco either went to Portland or L.A. And yeah. yep. all my friends were in L.A. So I was very happy about that. <laughs> um, Good. And and so I did that. And then I started playing with this Warner Brothers artist. Her name was Holly Palmer. And that was fun. And then, you know, uh, and then, you know, again, working with some other independent local people. And then I got, you know, I, I met John Waite through buck johnson oh, okay who was his keyboard player at the time and i was in buck's band oh wow. you, you see what i mean it was all kind of like yeah very organic and related and then one day he goes hey man uh i need you for a gig and i went and did the gig and and the rest was history i ended up playing for john wait for eight years wow uh and with it but you know at the I still did a bunch of stuff while I was with John. I ended up playing with like you know Glenn Hughes. I ended up playing with you know another Papa artist that was on Columbia Records, and Uh you know it it was crazy, man. I was just I was relentless. I just kept going and going. I'd go do sessions. Sure. I I ended up getting my own record deal at one point and formed the band. You know, so yeah, it was it was it was wild. As you know, as soon as I kind of gave myself to the life of of what this is as a musician, and Uh just I just worked and. Kept going and kept working and <laughs> kept learning, you know, kept adapting, kept learning. You sure. Know? Well, And, and what was it like working with John Waite? Well, um, are you guys still friends? I, dude, I, I, just worked with him in November. He, he kind of, he reached out to me. Well, I, you know, I, I'd send him, you know, a few messages here and there like, dude, how you doing? Hope all is well. You know, uh-huh. there'd be like, you know, some communication, whatnot. And then he reached out to me He's said, Hey man, what are you doing next week? And, you know, I recorded some acoustic tracks for his, uh, you know, he has this anthology out right now that he just released. I think it's called, uh, what was it called? Wooden Heart? Okay. Is that what he was? Uh, let, me, let, 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 let me remember because I don't, I don't you know, yeah. have horrible, horrible time to remember. But it's, a, it's an anthology of just all his songs done in an acoustic way. It's pretty killer. Um, so, some of the stuff on there, I'm on it. And then he's got, you know, it's just a big old collection. Uh, of great songs so i did that in november and you know and we're, we're friendly I, I you know we text here and there and I, you know he his birthday was on july 4th and i was like hey dude oh. happy birthday you know <laughs> so i stay in touch with him as far as working with him i had a blast i you know i how can i say this his set list was probably one of the most rocking and great songs oh yeah of course you know all his songs, "Bad English," "Babies," all yeah. of it, just in his his he's got such a in depth uh, and, and rich history of songs. Even his solo stuff after all that stuff is pretty amazing. Oh yeah, You, listen to, you know, um, you know, "Suicide Life" or, or like "New York City Girl" or uh-huh. or "Hard Way." You know, there's a bunch of great songs that he ha- you know that yeah. he still has and he still writes. And and so being with him was like for me just awesome because I was like. I love the songs. I was yeah. I was there as a sponge trying to incorporate all that, you know, become all that as well. And, you know, and as a player, I mean, as a player, it's phen- phenomenal. You're playing all these great pieces. And, exactly. Yeah. And then at one point we didn't have a keyboard player. And then we went from doing a two guitar thing to then just me. And so I, I, I did all the keyboard parts on the guitar like you know when you do like isn't it time like I, you know we would do stuff like that and so as a as a player it was challenging but also very rewarding it was a rock show man and i, I gotta say in in my whole career it's been about 27 years now wow. um i still miss the set and you know sometimes i'm like you know i have a acoustic guitar i'm playing my electric and i'll pull out those songs and i'll still play them and you know, I, I, I you know I loved my time with him. You're it great. was it was it was really one. I had I had a great time with him, and I always cherished those moments. No, of course, <laughs> of course. No, it was fun. It was fun. He's a good dude. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah. What about uh, what about Phil Mogg? What was it like working with him?
1: With Phil, Phil was cool. Phil, uh, you know, English man. and he had a very uh, a dry and witty humor and. <laughs> was always really kind to me, always a good dude. You know, when, when I did do that one tour with them, you know, he, he was into riling you up before you get on stage. And he just, you know, he would, he would say stuff to, to really get your, uh, you know, just to get you in the zone. Like, what are you going to do when the lights all, you know, when that one spotlight hits you and everything else is dark and you have to start love to love, like he would (laughs) try to like psych you out. He was love psyching you out. And, (laughs) And it was you know so i kind of got like that that not not almost like a big brother bullying thing but done in love uh-huh. you know and he was he was cool <clears throat> he really kind dude and so i did that one tour and then it seemed like for years after that i would run into him at like the house of blues because ufo was playing the day before and i was with a, another artist you know that you know the day after and uh-huh. i just run into him in all these places on <laughs> you know cool. in the united states and it, you know he called me Lewis Lewis how are you and so <laughs> we'd catch up and I think the last time I saw him was when that's right okay so the last time I saw him was when the key club was still around in LA which was okay. you know obviously it's been years yeah. it's been you know several years since that's happened and that was the last time I saw him and, and you know my, my life is definitely kind of you know shot so far into a whole other scene that i've just been busy doing that you know i'm a yeah. i'm a father too and so you know oh, yeah. you, you know lights go this way and that way but you know the every time i saw him he was a really sweet guy to me you know <laughs> M- most people have been really cool to me i, I will say i, I don't have two i have some horror stories but i don't have many <laughs> oh, good i don't have i don't have many I, I can look back in my career and go wow man i've I, i've had a really good run i've had <laughs> Some cool people that I've worked with, and they've been cool to me. Yeah. Uh, those that I, that haven't and been weird, I don't miss them, and they're not doing anything anyway. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> how did you get hooked up with Train? And you know, Pat. So, so the way I got hooked up with Train is I was with a, a, a this artist that was on Columbia Records, and you know, she was opening up for the for the band, uh-huh. and this was like around two thousand six. Oh no, yeah. no I'm sorry. Uh, her, her name was Anna Nalick. Okay. And and so we were opening up. And I was part of her her group, and we were opening up for Train in like a t- in summer of two thousand six, two thousand five. I I can't quite remember honestly. Uh, uh-huh. Five six, one of those. <laughs> and I met I'm you know I met all the guys you know sure. and 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 it you know it was it was it was a cool tour, and so Anna never did sound check. Okay. So it was the sound check consisted of me singing, playing guitar, the bass player and the drummer. Uh-huh. And so we'd go out and instead of doing, you know, we'd check, a, we'd line check all the stuff. And then we had like 20 minutes to kill. And I'm like, let's just play a bunch of songs and I'll sing them and, yeah. you know, and so we would do humble pie songs and we would do Zeppelin songs. <laughs> we would do, and so that was every sound check and that was the thing. And, you know, crews would come out and check it out because it, it, it was, you know, hearing those songs, Oh, yeah. Blasting live to a big <laughs> PA at a big venue, you know, and best. someone that can and someone that can sing the stuff and play yeah. the stuff, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was you know, it, it was fun, and so we would always do sound checks, and then one sound check, I think we did, we were doing Heartbreaker, you know, I did all the solo, I sang the whole thing and uh-huh. all that, and I we finished, and I'm like, all right, guys, we got to get off, and I turn around, and Pat's standing, right behind my amps, uh-huh. and he goes, dude, where'd you come from, and that kind of started a conversation <laughs> uh-huh. and we talked for a while i kind of gave him my background and and you know he invited me to write songs for a solo record because he was working on a solo record okay cool. and and from there it kind of just you know we developed a relationship i toured i recorded on a solo record i toured a solo record i wrote on his solo record you know all that uh-huh. and then you know i stayed involved you know I, as, a, as you know a writer and, and i do like you know when he had these um you know, like uh, specific events or, or or private shows or corporate shows. You know, I'd I'd go do them with him. You know, he always invited me as his guitar player to go do them with him. Uh-huh. And you know, I was able to write. You know, uh, you know, I, I wrote. Uh, I had a song that, that I wrote with him that uh, got placed on the Save Me San Francisco record, which oh wow. kind of yeah, kind of brought them back with Soul Sister and all that stuff. Sure, sure. And and so I stayed connected the whole time. Meanwhile, I had my own record label, you know, my own record deal going on and oh, wow. had my own, had my own band with my wife. She was, uh, you know, she's a cellist. Okay. And, and, and you I know, had Tim Alexander on drums oh. and, you know, we revolved like this intense revolving door of bassists. Oh. I like to, I like to sometimes, you know, you know, make fun and say, you know, like spinal tap had the exploding drummer thing. We had the exploding bass player thing, which they could just banish. <laughs> um, so I had my own band, and then I was, you know, I was working with Glenn, and I was working with John, and so I kept, you know, I stayed busy, and then, you know, Pat was one of those guys that I worked with in, in my years, and, uh-huh. you know, and I'd still do sessions, and I'd still do writing sessions, and, you know, it, so, but I, I stayed involved several years until, um, you know, Jimmy, the the founding uh, guitarist and member, oh, okay. Um, had decided he wanted to, you know, he. I think he was having his his third kid, and I think he was just, man, I want to, I want to get off the road, you know, and then and he. I don't think he wanted to be it because the band worked a lot, sure. And I don't think he. Yeah. I think he was just like, I'm good, and <laughs> he just had a different focus, which is totally, you know, I I, I get it, yeah, um, and. So I know that, um, when that happened, you know, I, I got the call, you know, just because I was always involved, you know, my brother played bass in the band. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I I was always, (laughs) I was always involved in some way or another. And I know that Jimmy had made the recommendation. and I know Pat had told me that, you know, um, had told me that that's what he wanted as well. So then, um, we were doing a christmas record and then he just like literally on a break he's like you know how busy are you this summer and i was like well i'm busy because i have to be yeah but why he goes well i i need you to join and (laughs) and then the rest was history i was there for almost i don't know almost five years wow yeah i was there uh, as a full-time guitarist i was there for, um, for about almost five years wow yeah. Wow. So, but but I had been involved with them for for many many years. You yeah, know, exactly. for a long long time. You know, yeah. my brother still plays bass with them, and uh, you know, are they still we'll pretty connect- active? Uh, who, who was trained? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they've got. Um, you know, obviously nobody did anything during COVID, but no. you know, I, I got I got to give it to those guys because they put out a series of of you know kind of like uh videos youtube videos uh-huh. you know doing acoustic versions of the songs and you know oh, we cool. did that and I was there and you know and while that you know I would still do these you know kind of remote events if I can say and 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 zoom events with with those guys during the 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 covid year and so you know I still worked uh-huh. um so I I give it to them for for you know continuing to do that and now they have a tour I think they've got, I don't know, something like 20 dates or something right now that they're going to do in August and September maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they're they're still doing stuff. Yeah, I who's, think who's I think, playing guitar I, with them now? Man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Only, and not, and it has nothing to do with anything except that, like, I, you know, as soon as, you know, I got the call from Foreigner and, yeah. they, and they, you know, um, just kind of invited me to go play and yeah. it's been, like, nonstop. I mean, really, it's been just just immersing myself in the catalog and yeah, you know, okay. I've become really, really, you know, getting really more and more in, ingrained in the whole camp uh-huh. in the whole foreigner family. Sure. And it really is, it really is a wonderful brotherhood. I mean, I, I have not experienced anything like it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, bro, you, you, you know, you, you go work for a band or you go work for a corporation or you go, yeah. you know, or you work at a small salon or, or whatever. And, you know, you get along with people. It's yeah. just, the, well, it's the human thing to do. You get along with people, you do the right thing, yeah. you, you keep your environment peaceful, Um, you know, and then when you go home, you've got your own friends, you've got your own yeah, life, you've got your own <laughs> going, thing, right? And you got kids and, 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 and everything else. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, and that's really kind of the same thing with... You know, if you're a musician, it doesn't. You know, if you're in a band with some people, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're best friends with everybody. You're friendly, yeah. and you're cool, and you're respectful, and you do your work, and you try to keep the peace, and yeah. all good. But when you get home, you're like, "Oh, cool. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm not at." And you go, "I'm not at work." <laughs> yeah. All, all this to say, uh, I've never really experienced a group of guys that are really like because i'm watching it and i'm experiencing it uh yeah. and obviously i'm new to the band but these guys are really like they're like brothers they really care care about each other well brothers in the best way because i know what it's like to have brothers in the worst way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, i'm kidding yeah, yeah. i'm kidding i'm kidding you know what i mean <laughs> but but like they're they're brothers in the best way where like they really care hey man you need a water i got you i got you what you know yeah. e- even simple gestures of you know, hey, we're all going to get together and, and have dinner and, and everybody gets together and has dinner and this wow. is on the time off, Man. you know, and, and and they really are, a, a, you know, Phil manager goes, you won't find a, a closer, stronger band of brothers <laughs> in this industry like these guys. These guys really care about each other and care about the music and they get, care about having a great environment yeah. and they're very meticulous about keeping it great. And he was right because <laughs> since I joined, it's been nothing but just, you know, people are respectful, people are kind, people are, are mindful, and people <laughs> are are mindful that, like, you may have needs. What do you need to do for sound check? All right, well, let's spend half an hour on your ears alone, and like, oh, wow. really? You mean I'm not, you know, really? I'm, I'll try to hurry. No, 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 no. This is not about hurrying. This is about doing it right right, and oh dude I almost I was like I can't believe it they they care (laughs) they care you know they're really about doing it right Mm -hmm. and that right there I respect fully because it's always about doing it right you know doing it fast or getting through it or like hurry up like fuck all that man you know like I, you know, I'm here to do it right too. Like, let me let me be the best of who I am, yeah. and give me the time to do it right. You know, so all good. But no, it's been it's been wonderful. These guys are really cool, man. Super, are, super cool. Are you guys touring with other bands? No, no. Yeah, oh, it's all you it's Just you guys, dude. Uh, so we started in May, uh-huh. right? And we've done two 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 small runs so far, like one in May and one in June. Uh-huh. And and I leave on Tuesday to start. The the bulk yep. tour and the raising is, you know, capital of the world. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and <clears throat> and there has been no openers, and so far every show has been really well. Like, I, I know some have been sold out, and uh-huh. some have been extremely well well attended, and and it's been amazing. Oh, uh, pe- people want to see live music. And oh then yeah. You know, and then, look, let's be honest, a band like Foreigner is on a short list of bands that have an incredible amount of songs. Well, yeah. You know, some bands have one song or they have two songs or they, no, maybe they I, have I, four or maybe they have four. Yeah. Great. I, you know, I, and I'm saying this just experiencing it right now. They have like 19 of those. Yeah, you know, like I'm they, going, have,
0: they have a more than they can play in a
1: more than you can play in a night. Oh, my God, <laughs> dude. It's, you know, we it's it's easily a hundred minute show. Yeah. Um, you know, and these guys, uh, look, I, you know, and, and I'm saying this, uh, and I'm trying to say this is, is objective as possible because I've been on all sides. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I have experience enough, many tour years experience with different artists. I mean, dude, you know, we saw each other when I was playing with Lisa Marie Presley. Okay. Exactly. So I've, I've gone from, from doing super pop to heavy stuff, to rock stuff, to like, Eclectic things like Lisa Marie and, uh-huh. and, and and you know heavy you know he, he, heavy music like like I was a member of Big Elf and you know I did that you know uh-huh. so I have a pretty wide um, range of my experience of what you know from touring people psychologies music <laughs> yeah. how 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 management's work how yeah. corpor- how how the brands are run how businesses run just exactly. I, I've got it I've got all that information
0: <laughs> emphasis on
1: psychology. <laughs> yeah yeah I, and I've got all that experience right and 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 so far you know being with this band is, is, is a whole different level it's a whole different level and I'm just and, and I'm trying to be as, like I said I'm trying to be as objective and sure, talking about sure. it so that I'm not like I'm not hyping anything out no I'm no I'm not but, it, but I'm just but I'm but I am going to say that they're definitely on a short list of like like again the amount of songs that they have yeah is incredible. Uh, these these guys don't run tracks. Now I've played with bands that run like eighty tracks yeah. for whatever reason they need to run, you know, yep. whatever it is. That's that's cool. You can do that, uh, and some people do. That's totally fine. Um, but these guys don't run any tracks. All the vocals are live. All the music is live, and they are playing tight, effective, authoritative, and it's rock and it's big. And it, the, the songs are being given justice. Every musician in the band is has got a, a wealth of experience and expertise in their craft, whether, you know, whether it's Chris on drums or whoever, you know, they're all really great musicians. They're all, you know, it's Kelly's a phenomenal singer, you know, delivers every night and not only that, but it's, it's high energy. So I'm trying to keep up with the amount of running around and movement that these guys are doing. (laughs) I'm going, wait, I've got to start going to that side and this side and jump on the then and blah blah. blah. And so it's wild. It's, yeah. it's a to- it's a whole different level for me and sure. it's it's been challenging me in in so many ways. So I, I'm look. I'm still learning. <laughs> I'm still. It's it's still all cool. It's all new to me and yeah. n- new in the in the sense of this particular band of brothers, but. Yeah. You know, it's it's a whole different league. Again, they're on the short list of, of people that can do stuff and that have the songs that they do with the trajectory that they have. And, yeah. you know, I mean, we were, you know, me and my friend Damon, <clears throat> Damon Fox, who who is, you know, who is Big Elf, and, you know, he's one of my best friends, and we were talking about it the other day. And, you know, like, let's what, what bands out there could do this? What bands out there that, that still have... legacy and the amount of songs and we were like (laughs) you know obviously foreigner was one journey was another one or heart you know bands that could still go to have a a potent catalog and a potent live show yeah not short list man so i'm super stoked and grateful and i get to play marshall's really loud so that's cool (laughs) have you had the opportunity to play with mick yet yes we did a, a cnn and a fox thing you know, I know opposing, opposing sides, whatever, whatever. fuck all that. Um, yeah, fuck all that. Um, so we, we did two, we did two TV performances and man, he's, he's one of the, one of the, one of the sweetest guys. I mean, you know, when I was first jamming with the group, you know, I had this wonderful long conversation with him and, Man, what a, what a sweet guy! And I remember, like you know, he says, you know, um, you know, we're willing to commit to you if you're willing to commit to us. And I'm oh, like, wow. wow, what a thing to say! <laughs> yeah. you no, know, he was just just and, and you know, and there's there's nothing there but just a, a good dude. You yeah. know, yep. Uh, no pretense, no bullshit, no I know more <laughs> than you, and like you know, you're, you're just a really great dude yeah. and so kind and yeah, yeah. He's he's gonna, be, you know, he'll be on this on this run for some some. You know, we have some shows that are with the orchestra. Oh wow! Right, so it's foreigner with orchestra. Man, me too. I'm going oh wow because I haven't <laughs> experienced it yet. But yeah. you know, I will. I will on this run. So um, damn. So I know I'll be seeing him. uh, You know, soonish. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's wild, man. It's who wild. arranges <laughs> the? Who arranges for the orchestra? I don't know. I don't. I, you, know, <laughs> I, I, you know. I think. You know. I. I honestly don't know. I was gonna uh, default to like. Well, maybe it's Jeff. But yeah. I, I honestly don't know. I. I, I don't know there's well, there's just so it He's, oh, I mean, absolutely yeah. well, I think he does have a hand in it. I just uh-huh. don't know who does the actual you yeah. know, okay you know scoring and whatnot but uh, yeah, I don't know i don't I don't know there's there's still some things I don't know and some <laughs> things I'm learning <laughs> yeah. But, yeah and what are you taking along as far as guitars pretty much Gibson's oh right you know on. a pretty pretty much Gibson's I've always been a Gibson dude do you know, um, do you know Cesar? From the Cesar. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, Cesar and JC. Yes, exactly. The, the, the two, the two, the the the, the new. Uh, the new team. Uh, the new team. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I've I've met him a few times. Oh good. And and the funny thing is, I met JC at a train show a couple of years back with his brother. Oh. Wow. And you know, and some of his friends, and they came back and we hung out. And this is before he became. Yeah, when he was still at Levi's. He went, he was still at Levi's and man, they, they, they've got a lot of energy, really. Cool oh dudes. yeah. <laughs> and so then when they came on, when they came on and, and they had this kind of like, you know, mixer for, for Gibson artists. And I went to it and, and, you know, I ran onto him. I'm like, dude, he's like, dude, you know, <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was so, it was, it was really funny. So yeah. and, you know they have the right mindset for it. I, I'm actually appreciate what they've been doing. Oh yeah, uh, a lot in the last couple of years that they've been really um, turning many things around. Because if you were, uh, well, yeah, it's it's different. Yeah, it's totally different. They're very very cool. You know, there's a few people that I've become close to in that in the Gibson, uh, you know, in the Gibson family, and they've been wonderful to me. They, yeah. you know, uh, you know, uh, yeah. do, do you need anything? I'm like, man, I've got a lot of Gibson <laughs> guitars. I'm good. But but just the fact that they would ask is cool. You know, I uh, you know, I don't normally call them up and go, hey, can you send me a custom shop? Oh, no, yeah, G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't need to do that. I yeah. I, I You know, I, I over the years, I've acquired a good stable of Gibson's that have become my workhorses. And sure. I leave it at that, you know how many um, but, guitars do you have uh on this tour <laughs> or in <Yeah>. general <laughs> let's we'll start with the tour and then we'll go to, to it in general like do you have well, a collection uh, so to speak well well uh, I, I would say there's um well there's an a and b rig which you know is fairly common yeah um you know one's the west coast rig and one's the east coast rig okay. and so there's a total of eight guitars and they're all – get, you know, for the most part, they're all Gibsons. I mean I have a a, a couple of weirdo uh, Gibson-style guitars. Like I have a Greco, right? Okay, of course. It's so killer. It's such a killer uh, – so I have a Greco. It's like a Firebird, you know, it's oh, from the 70s. excellent. You know, and then like I've got a, a – <clears throat> anyway, stuff like that. Uh-huh. Not much, just like a couple of one-offs, but most of it is like I've got uh, – Two black Gibson SGs. I've uh-huh. got a couple of Les Pauls. I've got uh, another Firebird. Yeah. I've got an Explorer. I'm, oh, I've got a Flying V. Oh, great! So <laughs> you know, rock and roll guitars. I've yeah, got, yeah, I've got, I've got the, the 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 classic rock and roll guitars. And um, so there's about I think eight or the eight. There's about eight total. Uh-huh. Between the, the two uh, rigs,
0: or eight on each rig.
1: No 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 between the two rigs I okay. mean I I I I don't really uh get too crazy with like you know ah, I think I'll use the telly on this one Yeah I, yeah you know I am kind of um I'm, I'm like i am I'm 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 very traditional in the sense where like you know you see Angus with one black SG or you see Tony Omi with one black SG or yeah. you see <laughs> or you see Jimmy Page you see Jimmy Page pretty much with just that Les Paul and maybe that Dan Electro, but, yeah, yeah. you know, so I kind of, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of that guy. I get attached to Good. the one main one and then the other ones are for like, oh, okay, this is drop D, all right, give me the, give me the Flying V. Yeah. Or, or, oh, this one's in standard tuning. give it, give me the, um, uh, give me the SG or, uh-huh. you know, whatever, or, or, um, or, or, but most of the time it's, it's going to be like a, a Les Paul and a Firebird for the most part. Yeah. So, <laughs> right on. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm using, and then I've got a whole bunch of other Gibsons here at the house, and
0: anything, and that's it. Anything vintage, so to speak, you know.
1: I used, I used to, I was into starting to buy vintage for a while, uh-huh. right? And you know, um, and and certainly there's there's guys that that tour with vintage, like you know, I don't know if you know Stuart Mathis, he's a friend, and he, mm-hmm. you know, I remember we did a tour. I was you know I was in a group where we were opening up for what, uh, a group of that he was in man he would you'd be touring with 60s SG's and wow. a bunch wow. of killer stuff and I remember I started buying stuff like you know 70s stuff late 60s stuff you know mainly Gibson stuff uh-huh. and I you know I had this one SG that it it took a little hit it didn't break anything but it mm-hmm. took a little hit and I remember going in my head just it made this switch going why the fuck do I have this out here? Like, (laughs) like I don't need this to get broken. So I, 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 and then, you know, most people would disagree with this, but I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I, I I wasn't, I didn't have that. Like, you know, the, the vintage guitars control me thing, Yeah, you know, like, Oh, it's a good investment. like, I I don't, I didn't, I didn't have that because I I just didn't. So I ended up selling whatever vintage guitars I had. Wow. And I, and I, and I, Put them into really well made VOS or used guitars that were just like, Okay, this is phenomenally made. It sounds great, the neck is right, it won't shift. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I was looking into like functionality and tone sure. over like You know, oh, look at the the weather checking on this cherry finish for this Les Paul Jr. I didn't give a shit about that. I I didn't give a shit. I I cared more about the tone and the functionality and whether the neck was going to withstand temperature change and and travel and touring. And uh, so I spent all my money on trying to get the best of the best touring guitars. And I did Uh actually got I have a great stable of guitars that they're solid and, and. you know, i bought a few custom guitars from a couple of custom builders, uh-huh. and I, you know, and I won't mention them, but like, sadly, they sucked. They didn't. Uh-huh. Handle, they handle. They did not handle the touring well. They didn't handle the road well, or uh-huh. they they just had weird shit that would pop up. And I'm going, yeah, okay, I'll go back to Gibson's. And yeah. so far, all my Gibsons have been extremely sturdy. You know, of course, I <clears throat> you know handpicked and. You know, oh, I'd be in like Cleveland. And I went to like Mike's or something, sure. or I, you know, went to Dave's in Seattle, or uh-huh. I went to like you know Elderly, and yeah. you know, I go to different shops and I'm like, oh, this is a this is a okay, you know, this is a really well-made custom shop and you yeah. see and cool. All right, I'll take this one. Like, I, I I didn't have a problem spending the money to get a like great guitar, um, but I also wasn't uh, you know, I wasn't opposed to get an vintage thing, but most of the time I was like man, if I take this 20 grand, this, 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 this Les Paul Jr. that I bought for 20 grand on the tour. And for some reason, for some reason the, it the falls the, off the, a stand, that <laughs> falls off a stand or something in the vault, yeah. you know, was, was done too tight on the neck, which has happened by the way. I've had oh. a friend that like, you know, somebody tightened the, the, the straps, you know, when you have these guitar vaults, and they're all standing up, right? Yeah. He had an amazing VOS custom shop, Les Paul, and somebody tightened the strap too much and, snap the neck oh no when it was when it was being put on the truck you know these things are still being jostled around sure sure you know what are you gonna do so i i just looked at like you know i don't want (laughs) to sound clinical but again function and tonality because if if it was going to sound great right on that's but that's yeah. that's it. I'm more about the sound. I'm more about the sound, you know. Yeah. You, can, Have, you can always burn the finish with the with the blowtorch and the lighter yeah. and or or whatever. You know. <laughs> oh, it looks so cool. It's old. Like, no, it's not. It's no. Just
0: dirty. Have you anyway. ever bought in a guitar from uh Mike Varney? I know he's
1: Bought a bought a new guitar from Mike Varney?
0: Well, I just bought a guitar from Varney. He
1: has he I oh, think he's got quite oh, a yeah. collection. Oh my God! So yes, actually, he—I remember—he offered me a Les Paul. This was what late '90s. Oh, really? He offered me this this really like wonderful Les Paul Standard Cherry finish, and it sounded amazing. I was like, yeah, and I bought I bought a guitar off him like that. Um, but you know, he he, he you know, yeah, yeah, I did. I I bought a Les Paul off him one time. Yeah, All right. Yeah.
0: And it was a great Les
1: Paul too. Yeah. Sure. 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 So. So yeah. <laughs> what about, what about pedals? Are you using any kind of pedals? You know, I'm I I feel the same about pedals. I don't like a lot. Right on. Uh, even even okay, so the most I ever used was um and, and you're gonna and, and you're gonna laugh because <laughs> the most I ever used was when I was with Big Elf and Train. Okay. And and the number of pedals uh for Big Elf was one, two, three, four, five, six, and so yeah it was it wasn't a lot it was okay. just you know is it, it was again like you know phaser flanger into a tube boost into a wah into a wow. valve clipper into a reverb and then a tape delay uh-huh. so <clears throat> you know that's it i didn't have tremolos i didn't have golulators <laughs> i didn't have all this shit you know i've always liked a really simple setup always liked it I, it was always a Always a fan of the sound of guitar cable amp, mm-hmm. and every single time I can feel and notice when you even you have a tuner in it, it just doesn't. There's sure. a thing. There's a thing, and I have a sensitivity to that thing. So yeah. uh, I tried to use the least amount of stuff. Um, however, some stuff made it forgivable. Like for instance, I have tape delays, and oh, wow. I can love a tape delay, and the way the tape <laughs> delay sounds is unlike and feels and the dimension of it is different than you know not to say the digital delay isn't bad i mean they they have some cool ones but you know when you first plug into a tape delay and you're playing through a marshall and you have a les paul you're like you feel like peter frampton yeah man so (laughs) so there are some things that will go in the chain forgivable or your or my first script phase 90 or 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 or, or, you know my roland phase five you know shit like that you know so with Big Elf, I use mainly kind of like just you know more vintagey kind of things. Sure. And then for Train, I had a full-on you know the full-on rack oh, attached okay. to three Marshall <laughs> head things. Oh, okay. <clears throat> but but what I had in the rack was all the the stuff there was like you know reverb delay. Yeah. Um, phaser, univibe, no. uh, a tube boost, and a Leslie effect or something like that, and you know you could get a lot of sounds out of just the simple the the simple stuff sure if you know how to use it and and you're pretty good with a volume pedal yeah. um and and i had a gcx uh, one of those gcx switchers you know from voodoo labs and yeah. that was great because i was able to go from like you know washed out you know jangly the edge style guitar to rock guitar for the chorus to jingly jangly you know americana sound from amp number two you know so i loved that that was probably the most elaborate uh-huh. setup that i had and, and it sure was fun but with pop music you kind of have to because the, the the way pop music is these days it's so you know it's done in sections and chunks and and pieced together like a puzzle rather yeah. than <laughs> yes. like then real-time playing real-time organic i'm pressing this tremolo or you know so it's different so you kind of have to learn how to play to the puzzle piece that they put together and and so a lot of your sounds are going to be like bank up one you know (laughs) you know uh, preset two you know and it's a lot of that and and I found myself doing that quite a bit with the train stuff even though but you know these days uh with John it was really simple I had three pedals with Glenn I think I had four you Uh know with foreigner, I have three. You know, it really, really straightforward. You know, I, I believe if the if the tone is right, if the tone is really like just fucking slamming tone, it it's it's more than enough. Oh yeah, because yeah. that sound you could just go yeah man, and and you know the rest is just little little bits here and there. You know, and, and I'm not knocking people that have. Twenty pedals on their pedal board, but you know <laughs> that's not for me. Um, oh yeah, you know, and and also I'm I'm not playing a music that requires twenty pedals on a yeah. pedal board. So you know, yeah. you know, the, I don't I don't know what music that is, but you can have it. You know, it's all good. <laughs> no, I'm be, I'm just being funny. I'm funny. like funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, Anyway. So, and what do you do for like outside of music? What are you doing? Like. What do you do for fun? Uh, you have kids, obviously.
1: I, I have I, I have a seven and a half year old daughter who is keeps me on my toes. So if you ask me what do I do, you know, uh, when I'm not on the road, dad. Okay, is, I am dad. I'm dad full time. Uh, you know, I am married. I, I have I have a really good home life. Great. My home life is 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 is, it is super solid. It is the top of the pyramid. It is you know, if I, I mainly concentrate more about my family life than I do my career or anything else. And the day I made that switch, um, is the best because everything else has to follow that. Yeah. So if I make any decisions in my life or in my career, it's because it has to follow how that's growing or how that's shifting. And, and, and that's what I've done and it's worked out really tremendously. And I'm, I, I've never looked back. I mean, I, I'm super. This is it, man. This is my life. Like, you know, music life is one thing, and your career is one thing. But honestly, like, this is really my life. My life is my family. Oh I'm, sure. I'm I'm super happy here. I I, I laugh here at home. <laughs> um You know, and and so it makes everything else. You know, uh, like you know oh are we painting the hallway a different color <laughs> you know uh shit i tried to grow grass but where these weeds come from you know <laughs> you know i'm the pool man i'm, I'm all that stuff but ha- happily so you know as far as that you know anything else and i'll try to see my friends that i love very much and, sure. and have a food or coffee or yeah. or whatever but i uh, mean i'm a, I'm kind of a homebody honestly i'm i, I I, I try to stay nearby at home. Yeah. Hey, man, we're playing the whiskey. I'm like, yeah, cool. What time do you guys play? Eleven. Good luck. You know, <laughs> it, 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 those days are gone for me. Not because uh-huh. I don't want to go, but I'm just, you know. Yeah. My <laughs> my wife would differ. She's like, oh, come on, we got to have a social life. She's like, yeah, that's cool, but, you know, I, I'm I, I'm forced to have a social life but constantly traveling. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Constantly yeah. forced to be around people constantly, and, and not sorry, that sounds horrible. No, not no, forced I just, I, to be around people I I am around people yeah, all the time yeah. and you know not just with you know the, the guys in the band or the crew or whatever but just you know around just you know you go to the airport you're around like you know thousands of people and so sure. when you come home you're like oh, oh it's quiet it's quiet me? Thank Run. you. You know, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man. I, I, I guess I'm a, I'm, I'm, you know, to the rest of the world, probably boring. I don't, you know, I don't go oh, ride, I, I don't, yeah. I don't go ride horses or motorcycles. I don't no. collect baseball cards. And you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I do, I do have this thing where I do collect. Well, actually, I stopped collecting records because so I feel like I'm done. Uh-huh. Uh I have, I do collect 45s mainly for my daughter. Um, I still have a gear thing uh-huh. and. Mainly my gear thing is to find really, you know, stuff that no one else has, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, like like I've got a Koron Space Machine 70. What's oh, that? Exactly. Um, you know, I've got a couple of valve clippers. You know, I've been really into tube-based stuff, like the tube drive stuff from um, Effectrode, you know, like a tube vibe, mm-hmm. a tube, um, you know, stuff like that. The Kingsley stuff, Um you know some some old weird stuff like a psychedelic machine and you know the 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 Roland Beebahn and and, and, and uh, again the phaser the uh-huh. phase five and phase twos um, I love the phaser I, uh-huh. I'm a big phaser fan neutron phasers mainly the phase one not so much the phase two but yeah. um, you know stuff like that and then weird just anything that's like there isn't many of these those there give me both you know <laughs> like I've got a you know I even had some rack stuff like um, like the high watt you know. The rack mount preamp that not a lot of people know about was yeah the I didn't series know that. 2000 stuff yeah i've got one of those it was a frank levy mod if you know anything about frank levy you know uh he was <clears throat> instrumental in many of the sir marshals that have tons of myth and legend uh-huh. you know and he's he's done a lot of amps for so many people yeah um <laughs> You know, uh, my friend Bobby at RJS Amps. If you ever heard of his amps, I, oh, I've got some of his stuff too. Uh-huh. And you know, he he was friends with Frank before you know he passed, and you know he knows about all that stuff. And you know, so stuff like that. Um, what else? I don't know. I get I, I, the the weirder, wackier. Uh, you know, if it sounds like it's some weird modulation on, on, you know, that, that's about to be sick, I'm into it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right <on. laughs> or, or in space, or if it sounds something that would be on a, on a space rock record from the seventies, I'm in,
0: you know? <laughs> that's great.
1: Well, I think I've taken enough of your time
0: there. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I could keep going. Believe me. I'm sorry. I couldn't yeah. get to Fresno. That, that would have been, that would have been a blast.
1: Dude. Let, listen, if if there's, uh, I know that we're going to be doing Saratoga. Oh, Okay. So Saratoga. we're doing Saratoga, and I think we're going to be doing I, – I mean, there's a – oh, man, there's some stuff. If you see that there's something uh, on the schedule mm-hmm. or whatever and it's nearby, dude, just, just call me. All you, right. You just, just, just give me a call and go, dude, I'm, I'm around. I'm like, cool. I'll see you for dinner. All, right. All right. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, so let me let you go. Cool,
0: brother. Very good. Well, it's been yeah, wonderful man. talking to you, Luis.
1: Dude, thanks for letting me gab. I'm sure it was uh, like oh, you know. I loved it. I've <laughs> had enough coffee so I was ready. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> yeah. All right, brother. Hey, stay in touch, man. Oh yeah, uh, for we'll sure. We'll talk soon. Yeah,
0: absolutely. All right, brother. See. Thank you, Luis. You got it. Bye-bye. Bye bye thanks for listening to have guitar will travel you can catch up on all the things i'm doing at the deadlies.com and i'm on all the social media platforms as well and please support vintage guitar and all the wonderful things they do because they do many many wonderful things for us guitar players thanks please subscribe please tell a friend and i'll see you guys next week bye guys